Hi, and welcome to Ready, Set, Glow, a podcast where I interview entrepreneurs, brands, and idealists, the people and the stories behind it all. Discover what it took to get started, lessons learned along the way, and the advice they have for you starting on your own journey. So join me and my guests as we talk about all things business, beauty, and brands. I'm your host, Mary Harcourt of Cosmo Glow, as we discover the stories behind the names. Today, I am chatting to Valerie. You may know her better as Beauty Gal Val on Instagram. She puts out some really cute, funny, trendy, and relatable reels, which has really helped her to grow her following. And we're going to dive into what it takes to do that, some advice for everyone else that doesn't feel comfortable yet making these little reels that Instagram is favoring, and her journey. She's a 26-year-old businesswoman who started as a solo entrepreneur and is building her brand for herself and her clients as she talks about things she's done to reclaim the balance in her life and what she's doing as far as offering trainings in person and online and her big goals for the future. I think it's really cool to talk about people who maybe haven't made it to the peak in their career yet, but they are definitely going places. She has big dreams and I am fully confident she is going to accomplish those. So let's talk to her today about what it's like so far being on the entrepreneurial journey. Valerie, welcome to the show. Tell everyone who you are and what you're all about. My name is Valerie. I'm 26. I'm a lash artist for the last three years. People know me more as Beauty Gal Val on Instagram. I make funny, relatable reels geared towards other lash artists in my community. I actually didn't think that I wanted to do lashes. I decided to get my esthetician license back in 2019, and I wanted to do skincare, or at least that's what I thought. And then one of my friends handed me a pair of tweezers and was like, hey, let's try this. And I was like, no. And then I did it. And not to my own horn, I was like, you know, I could actually kind of do this. <laughs> so I like became obsessed with the idea of just trying to get my sets to be better. And ever since then, I just did not stop. So I just love it. Did you ever pursue skincare or lashes just took over? I did pursue skincare. I did do skincare for a little bit, but then I just never had the time in my schedule to do any more facials because lashing was just it. It was just always lashes. So I decided that I was not going to do that anymore, but I still do like brows and waxing and stuff like that. But no, I don't really talk about that too much because lashing just kind of took over my entire life. So. I had a very similar journey. I started, I think I opened up my studio with like lash, wax, and brows, and it became lashes because there was, everyone just rebooks. It's such a lucrative business as far as once you have a customer that loves their lashes, they come back every two to three weeks and your schedule gets filled up, which is awesome. Let's talk about your career. So did you always work for yourself? Did you work for someone else? How did you decide to become kind of somebody that is your own boss? Yes, I've always worked for myself and never worked under anybody else. I kind of just never really wanted to work underneath anybody else. My mom was more of like, hey, you should get a little studio. And she really kind of just pushed me to do it on my own. So I worked at a tanning salon in the meantime, half and half until I built my clientele. And I always did it on my own. That's awesome. So it takes a lot of courage to open up your own place and kind of work on your your own. Do you feel like you got that from your parents, from them kind of helping you and pushing you in? 
not to get all weird and sappy, I grew up really, really poor. So my parents were very much like, if this is what you want to do, go full force with it. And uh, I did. And so it was a lot of motivation for myself to just do what I want to do, like absolutely love it and like do it. Um, And so I did. I guess it didn't motivate me how I grew up. No, I love that. I mean, it's so true. I feel like you either kind of are pushed in the same direction or you go against it. But if your parents saw that there's opportunity for you to find something that you truly enjoy doing, which it seems like you do, and you can make a great career out of it, then they wanted to push you into pursuing that. And it sounds like you found the right fit. And so you actually have a full salon and then you rent out your studios. How many treatment rooms do you have? We have four total rooms or five rooms with my, and then I have an outside area. So I have a nail girl <clears throat> in my front room, and then I have one, two, I have three girls in the back, and then one girl here. So yeah, I have five other girls here with me. That's awesome. I mean, you're so young. You're 26. And to be able to get your own salon and have multiple rooms and rent them out to create another stream of income for you is really impressive. I'm so proud of you. What has been some of the hardest lessons that you've learned since having your own place? One of the hardest things is definitely understanding that I used to take care of me. It takes a huge toll on your personal life, your mental health, your your physical health. It was the hardest thing for me to understand that I have to take a break. And if I don't, then I'm absolutely not going to be loving what I do. It was really hard because in the beginning, when you first open your business, it's like your baby. You want it to grow. You want it to be successful. And you kind of just throw lunches out the window. You get people in whenever you can because you're just trying to grow so bad. And then I hit the wall of burnout and I had to stop. And so that was our lesson to learn that I can't take care of everybody unless take care of me. That is so relatable. I think everyone goes through that. I know I did because you love your clients so much and you want to fit them all in and lunches go out the window. You're staying later. You're coming in earlier. How did you learn how to balance yourself a little bit better? What did you raise your prices? Just stick to your schedule. How did you arrange that? I did raise my prices. I got to where I was super confident and I was like, you know what? I do good work. I believe in myself. So I raised my prices. Honestly, I think that I wanted to think that it helped bring my clientele down. When people say they're scared of raising their prices, don't be scared because I'll tell you right now, they're not going. <laughs> I thought that that was going to like help, but I did a little bit. So I did raise my prices. So that kind of cut down, but I made myself a priority. That made sense. I have to get up at 530 every day to be at the gym. And it was more of a mindset thing. And so I also mandatorily, like every day, have scheduled lunches. And so I do not go past them. Like I cannot. And so it's in your mind. You have to do it. So what's your mindset when your alarm goes off at 530 and you're like, I don't want to? I started becoming a morning person because I realized that I was not going to work out in the evening. That just goes out the window and stuff. I also decided that I would get a lot more done if I did wake up earlier, like go and walk with my dog or get a lot, load of laundry started, answer the end, do something like that in the morning. So I just like woke up in the morning and then I go to the gym, come low, eat my breakfast really fast and come to work around 10 o'clock and then have lunch at 12 and then yeah. <laughs> I need to take lessons from you. I am not a morning person and I cannot work out in the morning, but I guess it's my own problem because listening to me say I cannot is my own. I'm saying that. So I'll change that to I'll be a morning person. 
So what's some things that you got started so young, you're doing really well, you're in your mid-20s, you have a bright future ahead of you. What is something that you thought would be so simple about running your own business, but it ended up being way more complicated? Managing your clientele, for sure. I thought they would just be what to use my booking app and just book through there and stuff like that. But honestly, a lot of them have questions and getting to all of them in a good amount of time is hard sometimes because you're here all day. Some people would be like, are you ignoring me? I'm not ignoring you. I'm just literally working and I'll get to it. I'll respond in my head. That's organization. Finding good ways to organize myself was really hard. So what are some of those ways? Because I can relate. Like there's been totally times where you feel like I'm lashing 12 hours a day. I'll get to you as soon as I can. And that person is going, I've texted her three times and she hasn't responded yet. How did you learn how to get more organized? On my Instagram, I used to answer a lot of my DMs through there, like appointment DMs through there. And there was quick replies. So someone would ask prices. I had the quick reply for my prices. Or someone would ask me, what's the boogie link in that ad that they or like just things like that. It made it super easy. And then there was a quick reply for, oh, thanks for your message. I will get back to you as soon as I can. So that way they didn't feel I was ignoring them. And then my clients who were my clients for a really long time had my number. And at that point, they already know oh, she's just working. She'll get back to me. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about building a clientele because obviously you started, you opened a new place, you you grew a clientele. Did you feel like it was Instagram or was it a compilation of everything? I think it's a compilation of everything. Started lashing in school. And so from there, I started lashing my sister, my friend. And then in school, we were allowed to take walk-ins. People would walk in. And eventually, I started doing those. And some of those girls are still my clients now. And then I worked at a tanning salon. And I think that this really helps me the most. My manager, she was so sweet. And she got her lashes done by me. She was there all the time. So I think word of mouth really helped. And everybody came in would ask her. So I have a lot of clientele from there, too. Then COVID hit. And people say COVID was really hard on them. I have the opposite effect, I feel like, because during COVID, obviously we were allowed to work, but I was lashing my sister, practicing my sets, practicing on my aunt, my family, my mom. And then once we were able to open, people were just like looking for new lash artists and it, it really helped. And I had a wait list because I was like, just when I get back into the salon. And so I messaged all of them and then it, that really helped too. That's awesome. You work by yourself. Do you think that you ever will have a staff? Are you interested in that at all? Or do you like a one-man show, one-woman show? I am interested in having a staff one day. My biggest big girl dream is to have a product line and I would like to own a warehouse. I'd like to employ employees. I think that'd be amazing. I am wanting to open a lash studio and have girls underneath me, which would be phenomenal. But those are all big girl dreams. I love it. I'm here for you. Let's do it. I mean, you're 26 years old and you're already doing your own thing. You're building this up and learning all the ways because business can be complicated. And I think you're going about it the the right way, starting small until you master kind of just how things work and you're super confident and then you build. But I would love to see you have a product line and a training center and have a full staff. Well, social media has been a huge play in you growing a clientele. I know you. It's from your cute little videos that you put up. What are some tips that you have for someone who just really maybe doesn't understand how to use Instagram or social media in general, rather it be TikTok, to build themselves, help their clientele discover them through a social media platform? So social media obviously plays a huge role. Whenever I ask somebody how they found me, a lot of them say that they find me through their hashtags. People want to say that hashtags don't work. I have 
the opposite opinion. A lot of my clients will search. They said, oh, I just searched up our area code in like five of nine lashes, for example. And that's what a lot of people do. And that's how actually how I found my nail girl was here. I just looked up five of nine nails and went through pages. And actually that does really, really help. Also, showing up on your Instagram is huge. The more consistent you are with showing up who you are, people are more like, they feel like they know you and they feel like they're maybe able to relate to you more. So I think that's super important to always consistently show up, always post your work. I know it can be kind of scary to go on your stories when people want to see somebody they can relate to, and that totally helps. So just show up more on there. I'll go back to the hashtags. I found my esthetician that way. I searched, I don't even know what it was. It was like Hermosa Beach Hydrofacial and she popped up and it was only two people that used those hashtags and one had two pictures and she had like 15 and that was it. I clicked, I called and it was such a freak incident where I was like, is there any chance you can fit me in in the next three days? And she's like, I am book solid, but I'll stay for you tonight. And it was already like 6.30. So I... I drove over, we met, and we have been friends ever since. And it was literally from a hashtag. And I referred her so many people. I've religiously gone to her. And it's all over that one hashtag, which I never thought to use the zip code. That's smart. There's another way too, but it's kind of like, I don't know, people have mixed opinions on this. But in the beginning, I will say that I did this. If you go onto someone else's page, their last page, and if you follow their followers, it's so weird, but it'll grow your clientele like... For example, if someone goes on maternity leave and they just need to go to you or go to someone, they can find you that way. When I had my salon, I did the, I didn't do other lash artists, but I did do yoga studios. I did Equinox gyms. I did the juice bar in the area. Anything that I felt like my client was going to go to, I would go on their page and there happened to be a yoga studio and follow their followers and interact with them and just kind of put the word out there. At one point, I started going to the studio and doing hot yoga every morning. And it was the connection where it's like, oh my God, I think I follow you. I think I, and then they started coming and that led to, they have a bunch of friends. And then I started doing all of the trainers in the yoga studio. And it was such a huge outlet for me to get, gain a clientele over literally doing exactly what you said is going to a different page, finding out where your ideal audience lives essentially and following where they're at. So you already talked about what's in the future. You have big dreams. I think you should do all of it. And I, I'm pretty confident that you will. If somebody's just starting out either in cosmetology school or esthetician school or learning lashes right now, but they are about to go into business for themselves, what advice do you have to help them through? First of all, believe in yourself and believe in your work and understand that things do take time. As some people sometimes, especially with lashing, you want to see it overnight success growth. It'll take time and as long as you're consistent and focus on yourself and that was a huge thing for me not comparing yourself to others is huge because comparing yourself to someone who's been launching three years and you're like why does my work not look like that why am I not as but understand that there was a lot of work behind that and just focus on you don't worry about outside factors literally focus on you and your business and trust me you're gonna go really really far Oh, that's such good advice. I love that. So you offer trainings online and in person. Where are you located first off? Because that's going to help with your in-person trainings. And then what kind of trainings do you offer? So I'm located in Clovis, California. Right now, I just started offering Layer Titchen course where I teach everything about 
retention. I teach that virtually and in person, but mostly I think this class would be more virtual because it is a lot, it's very theory based. And then I also teach beginners. I teach a three day beginner class because I think that you need more than one day to learn lashing. Well, I mean, retention, let's just start there. Retention is everyone's biggest fear and you have to conquer it. And it is so multifaceted. It's not just one thing. It's multitude of things. And I think it's just, it's a little bit of trial and error. I know where I started and where I ended up, I had completely different perceptions about retention. So I love that you offer a retention class because it's something that every single artist at some point in their journey goes through. What kind of topics do you cover in your retention course? We cover everything about adhesive, literally everything that I've ever learned from other trainings that I've learned myself, all the research I've done by myself. I teach my personal attachment style. I post their attention all the time on my Instagram um, and people always want to know. So I teach them exactly like my attachment style because my biggest thing with retention is I feel like it's never your glue. It's really your attachment style. Um, attachment is 100% like your main thing. Of course, there's other factors in there, but I teach that in there and you talk about allergies and irritations and pretty much how to take care of your glue and how to set your environment correctly to help you. I love it. Those are all such helpful things. You mentioned your own Instagram. Where can people find you and where can they find how to register for your course? So on my Instagram, there's a book now tab. Everything is run through my booking site. There's book now tab. It's under Vigaro and it's under classes. And I usually will always put on my story or I'll post it on my Instagram what the next class will be. And then you can purchase the course through the book now tab. Awesome. So Instagram algorithm is always, always changing. And right now it's really hyper-focused on reels, which you do great, cute, amazing reels. What do you feel like are some of the important things in a reel? Is it just to have them be so short? Is it to have them be funny? It depends on your audience. You have to understand who your audience is. And for me, for example, I understand that my audience loves to see relatable things for me. I feel like a lot of people do see me or know me as the funny lash real girl. And it's so fine, but there's other lash artists who their reels do really well if they are doing more educational things because that's what their following is following them for. For me, it's definitely relatable, funny things. I feel like I'm the girl who says things that not everybody wants to say, but I say them and I put them out there anyway. So also being super genuine in your reels is huge. I think that a lot of people think, oh, if I just like hop on these trends and do all these things, it'll just like blow up. No. So you have to be super genuine. A lot of people tell me, I can't make a reel. I spend like four hours like editing a reel. I don't. I record that thing maybe once or twice. I pick the ones that I like and then I upload it and post it. It just has to be genuine. And honestly, it'll it'll do really well for you. And also, maybe don't really focus on having so many views from outside perspectives. So there is this thing that I saw. I forget his name, but I follow him. He's so good at social media. But he was talking about how you don't really want to go viral too much with your reels, but you want to go viral for you, viral in your community and have that outreach up. So that's like more important and that'll grow your page that way. What was the insight on not wanting to go viral as a single video? Mostly because sometimes your video goes to like the wrong side of Instagram. So you want it to be viral with the LinkedIn community and they'll go around in your own community because if it goes viral too much, sometimes we get trolls and people who don't know anything about lashing or anything like that. So having them be very known in your community is like a good place. That's obviously how I've avoided a lot of hate and stuff is that they're just very relatable with my audience. I love it. And do you feel like your 
audience has grown both like in clients that want to come see you as well as other lash artists or does one favor more than the other? I feel like my reels or my page has grown by lash artists. Definitely other lash artists follow me and my clients do find me through there as well. Um, But it's mostly a lot of other lash artists. Which is cool because you have a great page. So everyone should follow you. What is your Instagram handle? It's Beauty Gal Val. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You've been a great guest and I hope that you accomplish everything you want to. Those are great dreams and very achievable, especially when you're already on the right road. Thank you. You're such a great role model too with your light. We all love it. Everybody has to have the light, but thank you. I really appreciate that. That wraps up today's episode. For more information on our guests, you can find them at maryharcourt.com under the episodes tab. You can always find me on Instagram at maryharcourt underscore and at the Cosmo Glow Light. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and many more to come. Mm-hmm.